Well, hey, church, welcome to those of you who are joining us online. Come on on TV6 in Columbus, Channel 45 in Dayton. Welcome. You might be joining us from one of the more than 300 prisons across 45 states right now. Come on, welcome to you. We're glad. We're glad to be with you. We've got some Rock City staff in the house today. Come on, make some noise. Today is an incredible day. We're so excited about today. Now, I'm ta- if I'm talking to you, you're watching online or on ABC6 or Fox 45. You're not with us in person, but, but what you can't see right now, because we've pre-recorded this message so we could get it to you in time, what you can't see is that at all three locations today, after nine months of being online only, we are back in person at all three locations today. Come on. So as you're getting this in your home, as you're getting this from your prison cell, as you're watching this in the gym while you work out, come on, we've got people at all three locations, Hilliard, Short, North, and for the first time, can we put our hands together and welcome our Polaris location, day one at Polaris, come on. Welcome, welcome, welcome. I'm talking to you on television, I'm talking to you online, but, but listen, you can now begin to join us in person. I want to invite you to begin joining us in person, if you're able. Let me just say this, there, there is nothing that compares. You, you can't get on your living room couch what you get on the front row of a church, or the third row, or the 18th row, or the 33rd row. I'm telling you, there's, there, there is a corporate anointing that is present when the people of God come together in one place to worship him. There's nothing like being surrounded by family and friends and lifting up the name of Jesus together. There's nothing like bringing somebody who's never encountered the love of Jesus before, never, never uh, experienced the, the, the awe-inspiring presence of God before. And you bring that person with you and, and you just... You just watch, you know, like kind of side of your eye watch because you don't want to let them know you're watching, but you're looking at them the whole time and you're just seeing on their face and through their expressions and, and through the, 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 the teary eyes that you, you can just see God at work in their life. There's nothing like it. There's nothing like seeing a person that you brought with you to church say yes to Jesus. There's nothing like it, church. There's nothing like it. There's nothing like it. And I just, listen, I want to say there, there's so many people who've joined us during the quarantine and, and we, we want to see you face to face. We want to get to know you. And so uh, today there's going to be many joining us for the first time. You've never experienced a live and in-person worship experience here. And over the next few weeks and months, I'm sure there's many more, thousands more people who've become a part of this church from a distance. And we just can't wait to see you up close. Amen. Come on, team, can we just put our hands together for all the people that have joined us over the past nine months? We've not been able to see you, but now it's time. Amen, it is time. It's time. Matter of fact, there's two words the Lord has put on my heart over the past. It's been a couple months now that I've been, I've been sensing this, but, but the two words that the Lord has put strong on my heart is it's time. It's time. 
It's time to rise again. It's time to live again. It's time to run again. It's time to dream again. It's time to be free again. Come on, somebody. It's time to worship again. It's time to dance again. It's time to be in the presence of God again. It's time to sing again. No, no pandemic is going to stop our praise. Come on. No sickness, no quarantine, no virus is going to steal our joy. It's time. It's time. No devil can conquer this faith that we have in Jesus. No trial, no temptation, no test can set back or hinder a going, growing church that Jesus promised to build. It's time. It's time to rise again, live again, dream again in Jesus' name. Now I want you to hear this. It's straight from the word. Romans chapter 13, verses 11 through 13. It says this, you know what time it is. You know what time it is. Church, it's time for everybody to wake up. It's time to shake off nine months of newly formed Sunday habit, amen? It's time to shake off whatever election infection has got you down. It's time to shake off the worry, shake off the fear, shake off whatever anxiety has hold of your heart. Watch this, for our salvation is nearer now than when we first became believers. And watch what it says next, this is awesome. The night is almost over. Do you believe it? Come on, the night is almost over. Not just 2020, y'all, the night is almost over. The night. It's almost over. <laughs> Nothing can steal away the victory that's been guaranteed to you and me through Christ. The night is almost over. Nothing that transpires this side of heaven can steal our joy. We win in the end. We always come out on top. Jesus said, nothing will hinder my work in and through the church. Nothing. The night is almost over, the day is near. So we should shake off the things that belong to just go ahead and stay in 2020. Come on, somebody. Shake off the things that belong to the dark and take up the weapons that belong to the light and we should live decently. We should live decently no matter how the world chooses to live and to act and to behave. We should live decently as people of faith as people who live in the light of day. Lord, give us ears to hear your word today. Give us eyes to see in the spirit. Thank you for your presence in this place, for your presence in every space, in every heart that is watching right now. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your faithfulness. You've been good to us. You've been faithful. And you're with us wherever us is, wherever we are, you are with us. And so, Lord, we thank you for who you are, for what you've done, for your presence in Jesus' name. Wherever you're watching from, say amen. Come on, everybody. Say amen. Amen. Today we begin a brand new series called It's Time, but we're also entering into a brand new season. It is a legacy season. It's the most important season of our church every year. It's the most important season of every year. We call it our legacy season. Matter of fact, in a few weeks on December 13th, we'll be receiving together our 
year-end legacy offering. And that year-end legacy offering fuels and furthers the legacy vision for the new year. And I'm gonna be sharing with you some of that vision. It is a massive vision. I'll be sharing some of that with you in just a few moments. But I wanna first define what legacy is. How do we know that we're living the, the right kind of legacy? What is legacy? And I would say it like this, that legacy is living a life that makes not just some sort of difference, but an eternal difference. It's leaving a lasting footprint that impacts our generation and generations to come. Legacy is what lingers once we've left this world. Legacy is what keeps on giving long after you and I have been long dead and gone. It's, it's not just the here and now impact made. It is the kingdom impact made, the everlasting, eternal impact made. That's why we say it like this, that our mission is... This is our mission, this is our legacy that we are making heaven full. We are making heaven full. And what better and more important legacy could you ever want to live and to leave than that one that makes heaven full? To know that through your life and through your living and through your giving and through your generosity and through your service and through your acts of kindness and through living the purpose that God has given you to live, you are helping to change the eternal destiny of the people around you. We are making heaven full. I can't wait to get to heaven. But when I get to heaven, I don't want to be the only person that I know there. I want my family to be there. I want my friends to be there. I want every person in this city where God has planted this church to be with me in heaven. And I believe because of the legacy of our lives, there will literally be cities filled with people in heaven who are there because of a seed that was planted here, because of a testimony that was given here, because of something that was done, something that was said here. We have to understand that what we do here will impact there. As we lead people into relationship with Jesus, we together are making heaven full. But did you know that there are some things that you can give towards and there are some things that, that you can live for that may or may not give you back a whole lot in return? There are some things that you can invest in this side of heaven, give your time to, your, your talent to, your treasure towards that may or may not fill you with the kind of significance, the kind of comfort and peace that you were anticipating. There are some things that you can live for that will not give you the lasting pleasure you think they will, the security, the joy you think it, it should, that, that, that all the earthly pursuits of man, if it doesn't make heaven full, it will leave you feeling empty. If it doesn't make heaven full, it will leave you less fulfilled. King Solomon understood this. He said, I, I denied myself nothing my eyes desired. Can you imagine living life with the ability to deny yourself nothing your eyes desired? He said, I, I refused my heart no pleasure. Anything my heart wanted, I gave it to myself. I, I got it. I indulged like no one before me and maybe like nobody after my heart took delight in all my work, and this was the reward for all my labor. Yet when I surveyed all that my hands had done and, and what I had toiled to achieve. Listen to what he says. 
everything was meaningless. A chasing after the wind. Nothing was gained under the sun. I want you to notice those three words, under the sun. You might write them down. You might take a snapshot. Just, just remember those three words. They come up again. Because I'm thinking about King Solomon, and I, I know the wealth that he acquired, and I know the life that he lived, and he was a great king. And, and uh, he, 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 listen, his bank account was always full. He, 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 he just... He did whatever he wanted to do whenever he wanted to do it. He, uh, he allowed himself whatever it was his heart so desired. So I'm thinking, you know, something was gained, King Solomon. Something was gained. Don't you, don't you think in your life something was gained? Wouldn't you love life if you could just give yourself whatever it is that, that, that you desire? But, but Solomon says, no, I didn't love my life. Matter of fact, he says this, I hated my life because the work, that is done under the sun was grievous to me. All of it is meaningless, a chasing after the wind. I hated all the things I toiled for under the sun because I must leave them to the one who comes after me. In other words, he's, he's beginning to wake up to the reality, naked I come into the world and naked will I depart. Now I want you to compare that reality to Jesus words about earthly wealth and heavenly treasure in Matthew chapter 6 verses 19 through 21 because Jesus messages this. He says, hey, don't store up for yourselves treasures on earth under the sun where moths and vermin destroy, where thieves break in and steal. Don't do that. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven over the sun where moths and vermin cannot get to destroy and, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. In other words, Jesus is saying, listen, in this world, what you have here and now, you can't hold on to it when you pass from this life and into the next. But you can send some things on ahead. Jesus is giving us the key to understanding legacy, that an under-the-sun legacy, one that only impacts the here and now, will eventually expire and your satisfaction with it. But an over-the-sun legacy, one with heaven in mind, is eternal, as both is our reward and satisfaction in heaven. Whatever I do with an under-the-sun focus will expire. But what I do over the sun, with over the sun's significance, will last forever. Here's another way of saying the same thing. Not everything we do this side of heaven matters. Not everything we do really matters. But everything we do with heaven in mind matters. This kingdom work that we've been called to matters. Solomon, he doesn't get it at first. He's all caught up in what he can make of himself, what he can accumulate. But, but finally, he gets to the point where he's achieved enough success and he's, he's accumulated enough wealth where now there's no question in his heart. More doesn't always mean better. The more I have doesn't necessarily mean the more fulfilled I am. Not everything I do matters but here's what I know everything God does matters because here's what he says in Ecclesiastes chapter 1 verse 14 I know that everything God does will endure forever everything God does matters because everything God does endures forever 
And so for us as the church, the goal of life is not to invite God to be a part of what we're doing. The goal of life is to play an active part in what God's doing. Because what I do, even the best of what I can do in my own strength will never last. But anything that God does and everything that God does will endure forever. I know that even the best of what I've got going on is never really going on. It's not that all that going on. But anything that God's got going on is going on and on and on. And I want to be a part of what God's doing. I, I want to put my hand to work that lasts forever. I, I want to make a difference with these 70, 80 years that I've been given to walk this earth that will outlast these seven or eight decades that I've got. I want to make heaven full. I want to get to heaven and stand before Jesus and hear the words, well done, my good and faithful servant, and not look back over the life that I've been given and think, man, did I just blow it? Man, how much did I waste of my life? How many opportunities did I squander? I want to be a part of what God's doing. I want to be a part of God's plan. I want you to be a part of what God is doing. I want you to be a part of God's plan. Because really, one of the crazy things about God is God doesn't have to use any of us to do anything. He can do anything he wants at any time without any of us. And yet, instead of, of just doing everything on his own, he, he invites all of us to be a part. Matter of fact, I would submit to you that if you read the scripture from beginning to end and you just start to observe life, that God rarely acts alone. Matter of fact, most of what God does he does through people, through his church. And what that means is when we sign up to be a part of what God's doing, everything we do for the cause of Christ and for the sake of others endures forever. It's called living a life beyond ourselves. It's, it's living a lasting eternal legacy that will outlive every single one of us. It's understanding the church that we build today. It's not a church that will one day fall apart. We are, we are building a family that will endure, a family that will outlive, outlast every single one of us. Everything we do for the kingdom matters. Everything we do with an over-the-sun aim, with an over-the-sun goal, with an over-the-sun perspective will last for all of eternity. What I'm excited about today is today we get to look back just a bit and, and celebrate what God's done. We, we get to look ahead just a bit and, and, and get ready about what I believe God wants to do in us and through us, this new work that God's already begun and what we get to step into as we enter a brand new year. We, we get to look back and forward at the same time, what God's done, what God is doing. Matter of fact, just, just today, hot off the press, we, we've got our brand new year nine annual report. Come on, somebody. Brand new. <laughs> and for those who are in person with us, that they're getting this book. Come on, you're getting this book. But since y'all are watching online, you can download the book on our website or show up next week and get the book. But this is 63 pages of God's incredible faithfulness in the midst of a pandemic year. This is 63 pages of testimony and stories and statistics and, and numbers. I, I'm going to give you some of, the, some of the highlights today, the best that I can. But I want you to understand, why do we look back and why do we even look forward? Here's why. Deuteronomy chapter 4, verse 9. God says, do not forget 
Even in, in, in the midst of a pandemic year, even in the midst of an election year, what your eyes have seen. Now, he's not talking so much about all the things we'd rather leave behind and forget, but he's speaking specifically to the good things that God has done. What do you have to be thankful for? Where has God moved incredibly in your life? How have you seen God move in your family this year, through your church this year? What do you have to celebrate? I know we've got reason to complain, but what, what, what reason do we have to celebrate? Don't forget what your eyes have seen, the good things that God has done. Don't let it fade from your heart as long as you shall live. Matter of fact, I've, I've taught this in the past that remembrance is a spiritual discipline. That if you look at the number of times throughout the word that God reminds his people and even commands his people to look back and to remember and to reflect upon his goodness, God says, don't forget how, how good I've been to you. Don't forget how I brought you out of Egypt. Don't forget how I split the Red Sea in two. Don't forget how in the dry seasons I continued to provide for you. Don't forget how in the midst of a pandemic year, a COVID-19 year, an election year, where the church has been unable to meet face to face for nine long months. Don't forget how even in the midst of all of that, I caused my church to grow. So as we look back, and the reason we do this every single year is, is this book is a monument for us. It is a, it's a testimony. It's a memorial unto the Lord. that We get to not only be reminded ourselves, but I get to pass this on to my kids, and hopefully their kids will be able to read this, and, and their faith will be stirred, and their, their spirit excited about how good God has been and, and is being and will always be. B. We also make this report available every year, quite, quite honestly, because we want to be transparent with every person in our church. I want you to be able to read these 63 pages, and there's, there's dollars in here, there's numbers in here, there's statistics in here. We, we want you to see how the resources that God has entrusted to this church are being used. I want you to be able to see how the generosity of this people is making a, a local difference and a global difference. I want you to understand how the generosity of this house is making heaven full. But God doesn't just stop with looking back. He says also, I want you to see forward. I want you to have some faith forward vision. See, I'm doing a new thing. I'm doing a new thing now. Can you, can you see it? Come on. Do you perceive what I'm doing now? There's something brand new springing up. I'm making a way in the wilderness. I'm making streams in the desert. He says in Proverbs 29, where there is no vision, the people perish. I, I want my people to have vision. I, I want you to live faith forward. Write down the vision. Make it plain on tablets so that he may run who reads it. I want you to know where you're going. I, I want you to have vision so you know what you're aiming for. I don't want you to enter a new year just like, I don't know what's going on. I don't know what we're here for. I don't know what, what, what God wants us to do. No, I want you to be in my presence. I want you to download from my spirit fresh vision, a new word for a new season so that you know where you're going. You know how to put your step to, what to put your step toward, what you're praying toward, what you're believing for, what you're working toward. 
And that's what this legacy season is meant to accomplish, our, our 2020 legacy vision that, that culminates with the year-end legacy offering. And again, it's on December 13th. I, I would love for everybody to write it down, our, our year-end legacy offering this year, December 13th. We're asking everybody to participate what the year-end legacy offering does, and I'll, I'll, I'll talk about the vision, but it, it fuels and furthers the legacy vision. I, I'm going to share as much as I can with you today. Before we get to new vision, I want us to look back, and I hope you're encouraged today, as we do, to give you just some of the highlights from year nine. This church is nine years old, and God's done an incredible work in nine years. I want you to see how even in the midst of a most tumultuous year, even in the midst of the greatest health and financial crisis of our lifetime, as we've been tried and tested like no other time before us. In spite of all the challenges and nine months worth of online only worship experiences, I want you to know that as I look back over nine years of history, I can tell you with certainty, hands down, this year nine has been the most productive, fruitful year in the history of our church. Come on, somebody. I'm talking about we've, we've been able to give more. We've been able to serve more. We've seen more people saved this year than ever before. Matter of fact, while the world has literally hemorrhaged this year, more than 9,000 people have been saved in this church. Come on, somebody. 9,109 people saved. You know what that is? That's nearly half of all the people saved over a nine-year history. Nearly half of every person saved was saved during a COVID year. Nearly half. 895 people were baptized in a COVID year. Come on, somebody. That's nearly 25 people a day saved and two and a half people baptized in a COVID pandemic year. For the eighth consecutive year, this church is being recognized once again as one of the top 100 fastest growing churches in America. The 47th fastest growing church in America this year. Come on. And for the second year, we've been recognized again as one of the top 100 largest churches in America. If you can believe that number, 65 this year. And I just want to say for a lot of you who've been with us from the start, and you know where this church started, in, a, in an apartment living room, our apartment living room in Hilliard with just a handful of people. And I know what you're thinking. There is no earthly explanation for what God has done. Only God deserves the praise and he ought to get all the credit. Amen. All the credit. All the credit. More than 14,000 people joined us for a Christmas Eve candlelight service last year. More than 53,000 homes. Listen, the, the pandemic didn't slow things down. It helped us. Come on, somebody. More than 53,000 homes tuned in to our first ever all-digital Easter worship experience. More than 53,000 homes. And if you're wondering, well, giving must be down. That's probably why the church just opened back up this weekend. No, let me tell you this. Giving is up 35% over last year. 35%. Matter of fact, every month, 
Every month since we've been COVID sidelined on Sunday mornings, every month during this COVID season, giving has increased. And it's not just giving that's increased, outreach has increased. More than $2.4 million was given beyond our walls for local and global outreach in year nine. Think about it. Whereas some might have thought in a COVID season, we better hold back and hold on to. We said, no, if there's ever been a time to be more generous, it's now. If there's ever been a, a moment where people need to not just see Jesus, but experience him through the generosity of his people, it is now. We launched a learning extension center network that includes the 20 learning extension centers that we built and operate and, and, and 20 brand new hires we brought in to, 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 to run them and the hundreds more that are now using the Rock City Made LEC playbook that we've made available like an open source app on your phone. We just said, here's the playbook. Anybody who wants to run with it can run with it. We'll give it to anybody who wants it. And now hundreds more LECs are operating all across our city and beyond. Because you said yes to the first 20. You see the legacy here? All the while, we've been able to serve hundreds of thousands of meals to families in need, provided more than 100,000 pounds of food delivered to families all across our city. When the, when the city said we can't afford to keep our senior meals program going anymore because we don't know how COVID's going to affect our budget, the church said, hold our Bible. We got this. Come on, somebody. <laughs> We're not letting these, these seniors starve. We got this. We got this. Hold my Bible. <laughs> and there's 60 plus pages more in this book. I can't get to all of it today, but that's just some. That's, the high, that's just some of the highlights. But I think it's amazing that not only were we able to do and to, uh, to, to, to significantly move the chains forward on, on everything we said we would do through last year's legacy vision and legacy offering, we were able on top of that to do so much of what I just shared with you, which was really just bonus, just bonus generosity. Every year as we prepare our year-end legacy offering, we give toward a legacy vision, and it's a very specific vision. And matter of fact, we've broken down our legacy vision into four very specific legacy lanes. These are four areas of focus, very specific for our church. Reaching the unchurched is one. Local outreach is two. Rock City expansion is three. And disaster response and church planning is four. Well, under lane number one, through last year's year-end legacy offering, through reaching the unchurched, which we focus heavily on the 1040 window, which is the part of the world where, where the least amount of Christian churches exist, the, 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 the most people who've never heard the gospel more than anywhere else on the planet live. This year, we were able to translate the gospel of Luke into a native language of unreached people in North Africa, a deaf community, come on somebody, of more than 100,000 people. Living in an overwhelmingly Muslim nation, a heavily persecuted and marginalized people, we translated the first translation of the word of God into their language. Never before did they have access to any part of the word until now. We're also fully funding and supporting a pastor and his family as together they start the very first church in this community. Come on. And it's not just one church. The goal is actually to start a 
A home church network is an underground home church network. We can't even tell you exactly in where in North Africa this is because it would, it would put the pastor and his family and all of these Christians at risk. Y'all know that there are, in part, there are some parts of the world that you could be living in today that, that, that to follow Jesus might actually be a life sentence for you or a death sentence for you where following Jesus costs you. We were able to rebuild a church in Nepal that was badly damaged in an earthquake, add 20 more pastors from Bangladesh, India, and Bhutan who are now fully funded and supported by the generosity of this house. Now, in the book, it says 40, but this book only goes through August 31st. In September, we added 20 more. We're up to 60 fully funded and supported pastors all around the world who are planting churches, most of which are in the 1040 window, planting churches and communities where before their church, there was no Christian church in existence. Through our local outreach lane last year and this year, we were able to secure a building for what will be our future Hilliard Dream Center. We were able to expand the Dream Center feeding program from three locations to 15. We were able to expand our prison reach in this state of Ohio from three locations in Ohio to 26. And through our partnership with Prison Fellowship, we, we are now able to offer our weekend worship experience into more than 300 prisons, reaching more than a half a million men and women behind bars. Through Rock City Expansion, this is the third lane, brick and mortar, new locations, facility expansion. We were able to complete phase one of our brand new Polaris campus. That's why we've got people worshiping at Polaris for the first time today. In the middle of a pandemic, we were able to purchase additional land adjacent to the Polaris property for future growth and expansion. We were able to launch Rock City Online, our Rock City Online worship experience. We'd never before done that. Thanks to your generosity and through last year's legacy offering, we were able to. Through our disaster response and church planning lane this past year with global partners like Convoy of Hope and Samaritan's Purse and others, we were able to respond to the Australian wildfires, the Tennessee tornadoes. These aren't football team names. Come on, somebody. These are disaster zones. Hurricanes Delta, Laura, Ada, we, we helped plant 65 brand new life-giving churches all across the nation through our partnership with the Association of Related Churches. I feel like I need to just stop right here, not to, not to take a pause, but to give God some praise. Come on, would you join me? Come on, can we thank him? Come on, right from your home, can we thank him? Can we just honor God for his goodness and his faithfulness? Come on, it's been our most productive year. We've grown more than ever before. We've given more than ever before. We've impacted more people than ever before. In a COVID year, we are making heaven full. Amen. This is what living above the sun looks like. This is what living a legacy that impacts heaven looks like. I know we don't have a whole lot more time, but I want to give you at least just a, at a, a high level some of our 2020 legacy vision. That's what this year-end legacy offering will fuel and, and further. Again, it's on December 13th, so between now and then, just begin to, to pray about how you might participate. This is an offering where we as a church, we give above and beyond our normal giving. Why? Because our normal giving helps us to do what we're doing now. The above and beyond giving that we 
we offer to the Lord at the end of every year fuels and furthers what's more, what's to come. Not existing vision, new vision. And even for the first time this year, we're adding a fifth legacy lane, and I think you're going to be real excited about that. So let me go through these real quick, just a bit of 2020 legacy vision. If you still, if you still, are you with me still? Come on. Is God good? Are you with me? Are you ready? I just want to give you some vision for the new year. Vision 2020, reaching the unchurched, the un, unreached. We're going to plant more churches overseas this year. Specifically in the 1040 window, bring more pastors under the covering of this church in partnership with the American Bible Society and a ministry called Run Ministries. We've identified at least a dozen more unreached people groups without any access to the Bible in their own language. And I believe these are groups that we can reach. That means translating the gospel of Luke into languages where no Bible translation exists, launching a church plant network in every unreached people group that we personally sponsor, fully funding and supporting a pastor to to, to further that mission. It's about a $25,000 a year investment commitment for every group that we target. And the question is, how many groups are we willing to target this year? Through local outreach, we've got a building. It's right behind me for the Hilliard Dream Center, but now we've got to finish it, launch it, and staff it. On top of that, we continue to look for additional Dream Center locations in and around Columbus. We'd like to expand our Learning Extension Center program into another semester. When we launched this thing, we said, hey, we're going we're gonna to start 20 of these. It, it costs $300,000 to launch this Well, well, and to run this. That, that's for one semester. We, we most certainly are entering a second semester. But then we started to think even beyond the second semester, when, when schools begin to resume in person again, we're now into 20 brand new communities. We don't want to leave these kids. So, so I think we need to start moving toward how can we expand this program to offer even once school's back in session, some sort of after school or during school program where we're continuing to minister to these children that we're now building and their families that we're now building relationships with. I don't want to leave these communities. And we all not leave these communities. Right now, we're in 26 prisons in the state of Ohio. That's not all the prisons in the state of Ohio. And until we're in every single correctional facility in the state of Ohio, the work's not done. Come on, somebody. The work's not done. Through Rock City expansion, you might say, why do we expand? Well, I'll just, I'll just make it simple for you. Every time we open a new campus, what happens? We reach more people. More people are saved. More people are engaged. More people start to serve. Heaven is filled. Come on, somebody. The more people, listen, there are more people in our city without a church than with a church. And get this, in our nine-year history, here's what we found. We, we tracked this sort of thing. Here's what we found. In our nine-year history, more than 80% of our first-time attendees will make a personal decision for Jesus when they walk through these doors. More than 80% of people who walk through these doors, whatever doors they are, Hilliard, Polaris, Short North, Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, whenever it is, More than 80% of those who walk through our doors for the first time make a personal decision for Jesus. So that's why we expand. We've identified a location on the east side, still moving toward the east side, but the fourth 
location. It's a, at least a $350,000 investment that we put into every campus that we launch because we want to do it right. People matter. We've also got more work to do in investing in our online and digital experience because that has become a front door to so many. We've got to finish Polaris. I want you to know if you're at Polaris now or you, you're going to visit Polaris, it's, it's really good now. I mean, we've, we've done a lot of renovation now, but, but what our auditorium is today, we've renovated a, a gymnasium that holds about 600 seats, and, and that will likely be our future youth auditorium and youth gymnasium. We inherited about 35, we're up to maybe 37, 38 acres in the heart of Polaris. And I, I, I personally believe God didn't give us 35, 37 acres in the heart of Polaris so we'd sit on it or so that we'd use some of it. I believe God gave us all that property because he knew we're just about crazy enough to use it all. And so for us, that means, church, listen, for us, for us, that means building a brand new auditorium between 1,500 and 2,500 seats. It means expanding the lobby space and the kids' space. It it means through our partnership with Tree of Life Christian Schools to help them build an incredible Christian school on site. We've got a school on site now, but it's nothing like what it could be and what it should be and what it will be. We've already begun working with architects and site developers on this, adding a second main entrance off of Gemini just so we can get better traffic flow and move people in and out. Now, now this alone is a 15 to $20 million vision, but so was Hilliard. And all I can tell you about Hilliard is, is when we finished Hilliard, when we built Hilliard and we moved into this campus in Hilliard, our church more than doubled in size. And as our church has grown, have we been able to give more or give less? <laughs> have we been able to impact those beyond our walls more or less? Has the outreach of this church been more effective or less effective? I think you know the answer. And when you read these 63 pages, it's going to be clear to you. It's more, it's more, it's up and to the right. It's always up and to the right. Why? Because the more people reach means the more people engage. The more people reach means the more people saved. The more people served. The more people sent. The more people discipled. The more people in small groups. The more people trained. The more people healed. The more people delivered. The more people set free. The more people sent on their mark and sent out to change the world. And the sooner we get on finishing Polaris and launching a fourth campus on the east side, we get to get on a a Sandusky campus, a a Dayton campus, a Cleveland campus. Come on, somebody. I'm just giving you some vision today because the work's not done. And if you feel like, oh, we've just been settling in these last nine months, I'm telling you, it's time to shake it off. We've got work to do. Through our disaster and response and church planting lane, as we become such a go-to resource for the people in our city, my Bible tells me there won't be less disaster in the end times. There'll be more. Not less tumultuous times in the end, but more. We better be ready and we better stay ready. Amen. And we don't need less church in America. We need more church in America. More life-giving, spirit-filled churches that preach the gospel, that look like Jesus, that serve their community like nobody else. Come on, somebody. We need more of Jesus in this nation. So we're going to plant more churches. 
We're going to be ready wherever and whenever disaster strikes to have boots on the ground and resources where they need to be. And here's what I'm really excited about. For the first year in nine years, we're adding a fifth legacy lane this year. I'm excited about it because I believe in this generation. I believe in the potential that God has placed in this generation. And I, I can't wait to begin what the Lord has laid on our heart to begin in 2021. Come on, somebody. We're launching Rock City College. Come on, make some noise. Rock City College. We're investing in our, we're investing in our kids from infant on up through college. Rock City College. And what I can tell you about this is no church, no family, no parent will ever regret investing in our kids. Nobody will ever regret investing in the next generation. And so through an incredible partnership between our church and Southeastern University in Florida, we'll be able to offer two-year and four-year fully accredited degrees in ministry and in leadership. And on top of that, we'll be able to give college students hands-on, real-world ministry training as part of one of the greatest going and growing churches in the nation. Come on, somebody. Come on, who's ready to invest in the next generation? Come on, who's ready to make heaven full? So you'll be hearing more about this in the weeks to come, but that's what our year-end legacy offering is going toward December 13th. And all we're asking you to do between now and December 13th is to ask God what he would have you do. And if you ask him, God, do you want me to participate? And God says, nah, that's, that's, not, that's not really vision I can get behind. Then you know what? Don't get behind it. <laughs> if you say, God, do you want me to give toward this? And he's like, nah, I don't really want you to give toward this. Then don't give toward it. But I'm pretty sure if you really seek the Lord and you say, God, do you want me to get behind this? I'm pretty sure he's going to say, I do. And if you say, Lord, would you show me what to give? I'm pretty sure he's going to show you what to give. Just do whatever the Lord puts on your heart. You might be more drawn to a certain lane of this legacy vision than another. And I would encourage you then give specifically toward that legacy lane. Because what our giving does is our giving doesn't determine the vision, but it accelerates the vision. So if you're more excited about lane three than you are lane four, give toward lane three and help accelerate the vision behind lane three. Give to, toward what you can get excited about. Give toward whatever you think is going to make heaven more full. Give toward whatever the Lord leads your heart to invest in. Listen to Jesus' word in Luke chapter nine as we close today. He says, you can't put God's kingdom off until tomorrow. So you might as well seize the day today. Come on, who's ready to seize the day? You ready to seize the day? <laughs> you ready to seize the day? Here's what I want to do. I want to, I want to pray for you. And, and uh, I don't know what weight you've been carrying this year. I, I, I know for me, I feel like th these last nine months, I've picked up some habits and I've I've just picked up some worry and some anxiety along the way. I know I'm not the only one. So for us to rise again, I believe we're going to have to shake some things off right now. So I know this might be weird to you, but I would, I would encourage you right now, wherever you're at, even our staff that are in the house, would you stand up on your feet? Come on, our team in the house. And if you're watching from your home, would you, would you stand up right now? Just, just stand up, plant your feet, plant your feet. 
And I know it's going to feel weird, but I don't care. It's, it's what we need to do. Come on, just start shaking, shaking it off. Come on, just shake it off. Come on, shake it off. We're in the presence of the Lord. He is with you right now. Come on, shake it off. I shake off the worry that I've picked up these last nine months. I shake off the fear that's taken hold of my heart. I shake off the addiction. Come on, I shake off the discomfort. I shake off the apathy. I shake off the habits I've, I've picked up. I, I shake it off in Jesus' name. I, I shake off the sickness. I shake off, I shake off anything and everything that will hinder my walk with Jesus and make me not more effective but less effective. I shake it off in Jesus' name. Would you receive this right now, Lord? I, I speak peace over every person watching today. I speak life over every person watching right now. I speak hope into every heart and into every home. Sickness must bow in Jesus' name. Worry must flee in Jesus' name. Anxiety must crumble in Jesus' name. Addiction must be broken. It will be broken in Jesus' name. And there is no sin too great that it can't be forgiven. So right now, if you want to put your faith and trust in Jesus, just say, Jesus, I, I need you. I trust you. You are Lord and Savior of my life. That you would invite me to be a part of what you're doing. I thank you. Would you forgive me of my sin? Would you cleanse me from the inside out? As I commit to follow you all the days of my life. I want to live my life for you. I want to make heaven full. I want to live a life of eternal significance, a, a legacy kind of life that makes heaven full. Would you use me right where I am? In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen. Amen.